Hey, this is Susanna with Foster Carolinas, connecting the Carolina community through foster care. Welcome, everybody, to today's podcast, Foster Carolinas with Least of These Carolinas. I'm your host, Susanna Cavanaugh. I'm also the executive director of Least of These Carolinas, and we're so excited to finally get our podcast back and going with the pandemic and everything that went on that kind of went to the wayside because we were just busy serving kids. And um, so we're back at it. Got some exciting guests today, and we'll have some more exciting guests coming up for you to listen to. Wanted to take a few minutes just to talk about our upcoming events. We definitely have our Stay Home for a Purpose that is on the calendar for Thursday night, April 22nd at 7 p.m. So we're going to have some really great giveaways that night, but you have to watch live to be able to win those. So um, although Facebook Live will record it and you'll be able to go back two days later and watch it, you won't be able to win any of those great gifts. So we are encouraging everybody to tune in on Thursday, April 22nd at 7 p.m., I will have in the studio with me um, Sarah Lee from 96.9 The Cat, and she is hilarious, and so we'll have a good time, um, and it'll all be live. We're not going to, like, pre-plan what we're going to say, which is a little scary, but we encourage everybody to join us for that. Also, um, our online auction will go on live um, we'll put that out on April 12th, which is a Monday morning at 10 a.m. You'll be able to see all the items and start bidding. And if you want to be the first, you want to get alerted, like you think you might forget that we're having that auction. If you go to our social media pages there, you can fill out a form and we will make sure and text you as soon as that link is live. So make sure everybody is following us on social media. We are on Facebook, we are on Instagram, and we are on Twitter, at LOT Carolinas is our handle. And the other upcoming event we wanted to talk to everybody about was our golf tournament on May 17th. It's a Monday, and that will be at Kramer Mountain. And we're excited. We're hoping for beautiful weather, and it's just going to be a really fun day. I love golf tournaments because... While I don't like to play golf, I sure like riding in that golf uh, cart around and talking to people and just getting to know people and um, getting lost on a golf uh, course is kind of fun. So, but anyway, we have got a lot of people that ask us questions about the different kind of foster care. There's family foster care, there's therapeutic foster care. And today we wanted to talk to some experts about Fam, um, excuse me, about therapeutic foster care and what the difference is. And so we have um, two guests today, Morgan Fincher and Jen Allen, and they are both with the Bear Foundation. You may actually remember Morgan. Um, she used to be Morgan Oliver until recently, but Morgan was a counselor at Bridge Camp for two or three years with us. We love having Morgan at camp. She's a great counselor, and we are excited that her new position is with an agency like Bear, where she will be recruiting more families. Families. So, um, Morgan, why don't you tell us a little bit about Bear Foundation real quick? Yeah, well, I just want to start out and say we are by far not experts um, at therapeutic by any stretch of the imagination or even foster care. But yeah, so the Bear Foundation is a Christian foster to adopt agency. It was founded in 1967 by Bill Bear. Uh, he had a heart to provide homes for teens, and he really kind of started that in Pennsylvania, and it has just really flourished in Pennsylvania, and now he has offices in 
Ohio, Texas, Oklahoma, South Carolina, New Mexico, Virginia, and there's three right here in North Carolina. And the ones that are in North Carolina are Asheville, Raleigh, Wilmington, and we work at the Raleigh office. So, uh, you know, I used to be down in Gastonia, Cleveland County area, but now I'm up in the city. <laughs> well, um, so what I guess people will probably listen and have questions about what's the difference in family foster and therapeutic? What makes a kid therapeutic versus family foster? And I think Jen, or can you answer that for us? Sure. Yeah, that, that's a great question. And we get that a lot too. Um, you know, when we have families inquire about mm -hmm. our agency. So the big difference between um, family foster and therapeutic is with the therapeutic um, level kind of training or licensure with with foster care we really give you more of an enhanced package on the front end through the training to help um just give you just trauma-informed training that's going to help you identify needs behind behaviors when you're um, living and parenting and working you know with these kiddos and um you know with therapeutic foster care there's the Medicaid side of it that when they are in a therapeutic licensed home receiving that level of care, you know, there's more services that they qualify for. So our goal and our focus as a therapeutic agency is is kind of twofold. We really try to enhance the training uh, for the foster parents and, and just put a lot more tools in their tool belt um, as they're getting trained and preparing to take in a foster child. And then that support will continue once you have a placement. You're going to have you know, at Bayer, it's weekly contact with your caseworker from Bayer. They're going to be checking in with you, checking in with your kiddo, seeing how things are going. And then we're there to come alongside and help advocate, uh, you know, for the services and support that the kiddo is going to need for that higher level of care. So it's really just enhancing the training and the skill set of the foster parent to equip them from a very trauma-focused perspective. You know, we say we train our parents to put on their trauma lens with everything they encounter with their kiddos and just, you know, hopefully giving them that additional support and, you know, coaching and skills that they need to really just come around their kiddo with lots of love and patience. So um, if, so oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, go, ahead. go ahead. So I'm just, I'm thinking how foster parents think if you're, if, if they're sitting at home with some of these kids and they're thinking, oh, I think they could be therapeutic and maybe they're not getting the answers. Um, maybe they're asking that of their social worker and their social worker can't get back to them. So maybe they're listening to this podcast today, Jen, what would you say are those typical behaviors that may give you a cue or a clue that the, the kid in your home is therapeutic? Yeah, so that's a good question because for them to become, a, you know, therapeutic, they do have to meet like there's certain criteria. I would think that if you're seeing patterns of escalated behavior, um, ongoing, you know, tantrums, aggression, um, just a lot of emotional dysregulation that no matter what interventions you're putting in place, it's not, you know, not seeming to help. Um, there could be dysregulation and disruption at home and at school. A lot of times you may see st stability in one place and a little more emotional dysregulation in the other. So if you're seeing that across the board, um, you know, certain diagnosis that maybe are starting to happen, ADHD or uh, PTSD, um, those are things that are definitely things to cue into. I think sometimes, you know, you know we wanna be protective. We don't wanna necessarily say, right, right off the bat that a kiddo needs, you know, therapeutic, but I think it's more like patterns of behavior that you're seeing consistently. 
um, not isolated incidents, you know, because we all have bad days. Right. Think, uh, yeah. The mo emotional dysregulation and pattern of um, behavior in that way is usually a good indicator. And I think uh, one thing, the difference is if I don't really care what foster child you have in your home. I always tell parents to sign them up for therapy, whether you think they need it or not, yeah, yeah. because it's good to be able for those kids to talk mm -hmm. things out. And just because they're in therapy and seeing a therapist does not mean they're therapeutic. It just, um, good grief, I need therapy. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I need to talk to a therapist every once in a while. So that's one of um, one thing that I have learned is that don't wait until you start seeing behaviors if a child has been moved into your home, there's trauma there. And so go ahead and, and set them up to see a therapist to try and talk through that, even though you think they may not need it. I think sometimes foster parents, um, they get into the honeymoon phase and they think, oh, we don't need therapy. The kid's fine. And three months later, um, they're showing behaviors. And then by that time, the, the, the parent is so frustrated that there's a displacement or whatever. And yes. um so I would just, hopefully y'all amen me in that. But if you've got a kid in your home, um, think about go ahead and getting them lined up with a good therapist just to be able to talk things through. And, yeah, and honestly, Susanna, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm so sorry. No, go um, ahead. But honestly, I would also say like with therapeutic foster care, coming from the fact that I used to work at a group home and now working here, um, just the trauma focus that we use in our curriculum here is so different than the curriculum that you know, I was trained in beforehand. And it's just like, I think it's so important that we recognize that that's where these kids are coming from and just equipping foster parents to be able to understand the why behind behaviors and to just truly see these kids from that trauma lens. And this is why their behaviors are this way. Um, I think sometimes we foster parents get into foster care and they are prepared for you know, maybe some behaviors, but they're not prepared for all of them. And my personal opinion is I think that every kid is going to have behaviors, whether they're therapeutic or not. Um, it's just about who's getting the services. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I guess that goes to my next uh, question. Um, is there a real need for foster parents in your area? I know this, I feel like a stupid person saying this because I know the answer, but go ahead, Morgan. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's there's absolutely a need. Um, referrals are down 20% right now because school's out of place or our school's not in session. But with that going back, actually this week up here, um, we've really seen an increase in referrals. And what's interesting is we typically get referrals about displacements, but what we've been getting a lot this week are referrals for emergency like placements, kids coming straight into care, which is exactly what we kind of thought we would see after this world shut down and you know, COVID kept kids home. Now people are having their eyes on kids and more kids are being uh, taken into care. And so, you know, we definitely have a need right now. And about a month ago, there was a WRAL news article that published that was there were teens sleeping on the floor at DSS. And that is not something that we're okay with by any stretch of the imagination. And so while the need is absolutely there for every single age range and every single kid, every single kid, we have just really needed to find foster homes for teens. And so if that is, if someone is listening today and they just can't imagine the fact that a teenager is sleeping on the floor at DSS, please give us a call because we have some kids for you. Like it is so sad to, you know, for Jen to get these referrals and us to say we have nowhere for them to go. 
Right. Um, and what would you say are kids just, people are always curious about this, but in the last week, what would you say the majority of kids coming into care? What is the reason they're coming into care? I mean, I think just the same, you know, standard reasons, abuse, neglect, um, you know, uh, substance use on the parents' part, domestic violence. Um, you know, sometimes it's a neighbor's called in and, and the kids have been left alone for extended periods of time. So it really varies. Um, you know, seeing a lot of sibling sets, mm -hmm. you know, in the last week or two. And, um, and I think here in Wake County, especially, they voted on Monday that middle school and high school will return face-to-face -face as well um, in the beginning of April. So school is really, um, you know, moving forward with reopening. And I think we're going to see even more of an increase in it. As Morgan said, we just want to be prepared for that. Yeah. Absolutely. And as, and as someone who worked in, you know, Cleveland County before I came up here, in Cleveland County, I feel like the primary reason that kids were brought into care was a lot of substance abuse and issues relating to that. But it's really sad. Both, both, anytime a kid has to come into care, it's always sad. But mm -hmm. in Wake County, we see a lot more physical abuse. Um, and that is, that is really hard to see. Um, uh, yeah, that is hard to see. Um, you're right. Um, in this area, there's a lot of substance abuse, but which is still child abuse. I mean, if you can't yeah. take care of your child because you're addicted to a substance, that's still child abuse. But somehow the physical abuse um, seems so much worse, but but both are, are, are bad. Um, so do y'all have trainings coming up, Morgan, that you could tell some folks about? Yeah, so we actually have a really cool opportunity here in the Raleigh office um, starting April 10th. So not the it's not the first weekend in April because we knew Easter was coming up, but starting April 10th, we're going to be running a Saturday class. Um, so, you know, if you want to do foster care, but you couldn't commit to the five weeks for Tuesday nights or however many weeks for Tuesday nights, um, we have a Saturday class coming up where it's going to be from nine to either 2.30 or four, somewhere around then, depending on how much we talk. Uh, but it's going to be great. Um, the information session for that is going to be Monday, March 29th at 6 p.m. It's virtual. Uh, just send me an email and I can get that link sent out to you. Okay. And then if Saturdays do not work for you in May. We are also running our traditional Tuesday night class again. So it'll be it'll be Tuesdays through the month of May with two Thursdays in there and one Saturday. Um, and I can send you the the actual schedule for that and the information session for that, I think is April 24th. So for simplicity's sake, if they check out your website, can they find all this information in one spot or? Yes, you can. You actually okay. can go to our, uh, the, Bear, uh, the Bear Foundation of North Carolina and you okay. can see all of these events on Facebook and that that's where you're going to get the most up-to-date information about North Carolina um, and it's going to have the trainings for our other offices, uh, Wilmington and Asheville on there as well. So and if we you're in, offices in South Carolina, um, so they could go to the yes. South Carolina page if you have listeners in that area. to look. So if we them. have listeners in Raleigh, um, up in the mountains in um, Asheville, or if we have some listeners in South Carolina, what, what part of South Carolina, Jen? Uh, Columbia, Greenville and Charleston. Okay, so if you're in those areas, guys, um, check out Bear. I think you just have to go to the state. So Bear Foundation, South Carolina, Bear Foundation, North Carolina, and you should be able to find everything you need to know about the upcoming trainings. Um, 
it's, you know, I grew up in church my whole life and when national disasters would come through, um, our pastor would always say, go get your passport. You need to always have your passport ready because if a natural disaster happens and people need boots on the ground and you want to go, a passport takes months to get. And so I always tell foster, this is like your passport. And if a kid walks up to your front door and says, I need a home, which is not literally what happens, but who would who would tell a kid at your door? No. Well, this is your passport. So be ready. Um, and part of taking the classes is discovering, is this for you? So if you think, I don't know if it's for me, then you should still go ahead and go through the training because part of the training is finding out, is this really for you or not? And they do a really fantastic job of training folks and making you ready for um, any situation. Um, We, I guess they, we say that you can't really prepare everybody for everything, but they do a pretty good job of worst case scenarios for people so that y'all know what you can expect. Um, And then my other question would be, so if you are licensed as um, a family foster care and and a child in your home becomes therapeutic, does Bear give, is there a way for somebody to become a therapeutic licensed foster home so that they don't have to let go of that placement? Yeah, so, um, you know, they can definitely work with their local DSS. Sometimes there are, you know, transitional plans we can put in place so they don't have to disrupt necessarily. Um, The training, they would have to go through the training because the the training, you know, are the different models. We do a therapeutic model. Typically family foster is, I think in the state of North Carolina's map. Mm-hmm. Um, so they would have to do the training. However, having a current home study and all those licensure pieces that are already in place with your current license will speed up the process a little bit for sure. I gotcha. So this is my favorite part. We need success stories, Jen. Tell me some success stories. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I think I'll, I'll be really brief here just to highlight a couple, you know, one I'm thinking of just because Morgan and I are just really have a, a heart to really grow our teen uh, homes. Mm-hmm. We have a single career woman, you know, kind of did exactly what you said. She stepped in and said, you know, I'm gonna, I feel kind of led, this is on my heart, I wanna do this. She got licensed and she, um, her first call was for a, a 15, almost 16 year old teenager. And she has maintained with that young lady for a year now and has made a commitment, you know, I'm going to ride this out with her. She doesn't want to be adopted, um, but she's willing to commit to her till she's 18 to prepare her uh, to transition um, and give her life skills and everything. And that's a really cool success story. You know, this woman's never been married, never had children. And there was a little bit of like, I don't know what I'm doing, but she has been amazing and so, you know, she's just really doing a great, a great job with this young lady, um, you know, and just from the, the perspective of, you know, fostering a little one and a, re, a successful reunification, we had a family that took in a little kiddo and um, had some real challenges with her. And in a six month time, that kiddo just blossomed. She got stable in school. Her grades went up significantly. And all the while, these foster parents were working with the the bio mom as she worked her reunification plan and it was rocky at times it didn't look like it was going to happen and right towards the end mom was able to really kind of turn things around and built a great relationship with this foster family they actually were able to utilize their church support and family and friends to help get that mom furniture and set her up the day that they transitioned home to her and um, got her furniture everything and so that's what we love to see. We love to see, you know, the the commitment to the kiddo when there is no other family like this teenage girl who doesn't have the option to ever go home. 
and just coming alongside her um, and preparing her for what's next as she ages out of care. And then these families that are willing to say, hey, we get that that parents need, they need a second chance. Their story can be redemption as well. And we wanna come alongside them and help them get there and also help get their kiddo there at the same time. And so um, those are two stories that I always just really think about um, that are really encouraging. That is so awesome. Morgan and Jen, thanks for joining us today. I do want to add, just because I think people are interested, I believe both of you are licensed foster parents, correct? So no, neither one of us have ever been licensed, but we <laughs> have, um, but we do. So Jen worked at a group home and has adopted. I was licensed. Oh, you were licensed? Mm-hmm. Oh, but yes, um, she worked at a group home in Florida and has adopted out of foster care. Uh, my husband and I are not licensed. Um, and we do have a precious, precious little kiddo in our home right now that we're so excited about. Um, but you know, that's a whole complicated story about how that <laughs> happened, but yes, um, we do talk. And so that's what I love about teaching these classes is we have so much experience to give, um, when we teach and, you know, it, it's personal for us. We're not sitting here, sitting in the office, you know, Monday through Friday, asking these other families to do the hard work and be in the trenches. Like we've been in the trenches, we are in the trenches and that's really cool. Yeah. So that was my point that these ladies are experienced and they, they have kids in their own home. They've walked to this path. And so you're not just hearing it from a book or somebody's teaching from a book. These are from experience. And and I'm sure that y'all use your own selves as examples of what to do and sometimes what not to do. Um, Yes. (laughs) That's really cool that y'all are experienced. So thanks Jen and Morgan for joining us guys, as always on foster Carolinas, we want to, we want to encourage everybody to do something for a child in foster care and figure out what that something is. Maybe it's just praying for, for foster care. Maybe it's taking that next step and calling Bear Foundation and finding out when their next class is. And maybe it's, you know, volunteering at in our office, at least at East Carolinas, whatever it is, everybody can do something. And so we encourage you guys, everybody listening to get involved, take that step and do something for kids in foster care. Thanks guys.